morning, afternoon, or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. church today. Hallelujah. I'm so glad you came too. Praise God. You know, we had originally thought we couldn't have church when we heard the announcement. And we announced in our Bible study on Wednesday night that we would not be having anyone here except for those that would make it happen. And then when I got home that evening, I saw the official report that said we could have 15%. I said, all right, let's have church. I don't want to just not have church when we can have church. All right. I'm glad you came. Those of you that are watching online, we're glad you're a part of the service. We look forward to seeing some of you over the next couple of weeks. Thanks to the team for leading us into worship. We're going to take a moment, and I'm not going to be long today. I feel like God gave me something on Friday morning for today. And I believe it's, it's something for someone that's here, someone that's online watching. Um, you know, it's not very often that God asks us some questions. Amen? God doesn't really ask too many questions. Where usually the Word of God lets us know what God can do. Uh, but we're going to read a couple of verses of Scripture here. And God asked the same question in two different portions of the Word of God. Okay, you ready for what the question is? Let's, let's look at the Word of God and let's find the question. Genesis chapter 18, verse 11 says, And Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time. Someone say very old. How many are here are feeling very old? <laughs> There's some hands that were raised in the room. They, they were both very old by this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself and said, how could a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure? Especially when my master, my husband, is also so old. Then the Lord said, who said? The Lord Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Here's the question. This is what God's saying. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I want you to read those, that little sentence with me together. I want you to just think about God asking you this question. Is anything too hard for the Lord? If you get someone in your bubble or someone nearby that's it's close enough. I want you to look at them and I want you to point and say, is anything too hard for the Lord? I want you to do that. Go ahead and do that. That's, that's the question that God's asking. He goes on to give the promise. He says, I will return about this time next year. And Sarah will have a son. 
One more portion of scripture. We're not going to read the entire setting here, but Jeremiah 32, 26 and 27, the second time in the word of God, where God asked the same question. The message came to Jeremiah from the Lord. I am the Lord, the God of all the peoples of the world. Here's the question. Let's read it together. Is anything too hard for me? That's what God's saying. Let's ask God to anoint our minds to receive the word of God today. Jesus, God, we thank you for your word. God, it's forever settled in heaven. God, there's great promises in this book. God, too often we overlook what your word tells us. God, I pray today as I preach this simple message, God, I pray that God, faith would arise in someone's heart and God, you would allow them to see that God, whatever situation, problem, trial, God, healing that's needed in their body, no matter how big it might be, God, there's nothing that's too hard for you. We thank you for it. We give you praise right now. And everybody said in Jesus' name, God bless you. You may be seated. Here we are at church, April the 11th, 2021. And if I were just to get up here like I am this morning, and I would ask the church of the living God, is anything too hard for the Lord? We all know what we're supposed to say, right? If, if I were to do that, we all know the, the right answer to that question. We've been around church, some of us, a long time. <laughs> Sister Marie was waving her hand. She's been around a long time. <laughs> so let, let's try it. Let me ask you the question, and I want you to respond. Is anything too hard for the Lord? No. You have the right answer. Because we know what the answer is supposed to be. We know that according to God's word, nothing is too difficult for God to do. However, too often we answer the question with our mouth but we don't believe it down in our hearts. Me saying, no, there's nothing too hard for God does not mean that I believe that God can work in my situation. Doesn't mean I have the faith to trust God for my need. If honest, how many want to be honest today? If honest, sometimes when we face our trial or our trouble or our situation, instead of trusting God, we panic. Amen? Instead of putting our trust and faith in God's word and in the promises of his word, we sometimes say, I, I got to fix this myself. We take over and we try to make it happen on our own. Many of you in this room even have said to me, and I'm thinking about a couple of people, you've told me with your own mouth, I can believe God for your situation and someone else's situation, but when it's me, I struggle. I believe there's people here in this room right now. I believe there's people watching 
on the live stream that you're facing what we would call a seemingly impossible situation. It could be a health issue. It could be a need in your body. And the doctors have said, no. We can't do anything more for you. It could be a family situation. Trouble on your, in your family. Trouble in, in a relationship. And, and it looks like there's no more hope. Perhaps you're dealing with something in your career or job and it's challenging and you don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. Impossible. I want to remind someone here today. I want to remind you through the power of the anointed word of God that whatever challenge, whatever crisis, whatever need is in your body right now, whatever you're facing that looks impossible, I pray that faith will arise in your hearts once again. I pray today that because the word of God is true, that something will begin to stir in your being. That nothing, someone say nothing. Nothing is too hard for my God. Amen. I believe that today. I believe that today. Genesis chapter 18, we have Abraham, who's 100 years old. Now that's old. There's some people who live quite a long time in Canada. Trust me. There's some good stuff in the water or something here in Canada. They, they live a long time. It's the cold, it's that preserving agent, the ice that we have to live through in the winter. Maybe that's it. Abraham lived a hundred, he was a hundred years old. Sarah was 90 years old. Someone say old. I don't know who the oldest person is in the room today, but there's no one that is, is near this. Okay? We're still a long ways from 90 and 100. And it's at this time that God chooses to show up and let them know this promise. You're going to have a son. Excuse me? Talk about an impossibility. Talk about God reviving a dead situation. But the promise from God was, I'm going to return about this time next year. And Sarah will have a son. Humanly speaking, this is an impossibility. It's not going to happen, humanly speaking. It just seems like it's an absolute non-issue. It's not going to happen. Especially when you think about it the way we think about things. This was such a bizarre promise that the Bible says Sarah, she laughed at what God had said. She says, I'm old. Abraham's old. I don't see how this is ever going to even happen. 
She said, I'm long past the age of childbearing. There's no way that we could conceive a son or a daughter or anything at this age. You know what she was doing? She was looking at the situation through her human eyes. She was not looking at what the promise was from God. And the Bible basically lets us know that Sarah says, it's not possible. I'm grateful today that the Bible lets us in on the the backside of people's doubts and fears. And, you know, Sarah, it, it didn't have to tell us that Sarah laughed. But the Bible lets us see that Sarah in her humanity laughed at the promise of God. It's, it would be easy for us today to, to look down on Sarah, that, that doubting person, that, that one that didn't believe the promise of God. But don't, don't get down on Sarah too quickly. Because every single one of us from time to time find ourselves in exactly the same place. How many here would agree and, and, and admit publicly in our humanity, sometimes we doubt the promises of God's word. Sometimes we know it's there. We've read it a hundred times. We've heard the preacher preach about it. We've sung about it. The promises of God are there. But when it comes to me, we don't believe it. I'm grateful today that someone wants me to share the password. I'm not sharing the password. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Andrew. <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful today that God's, he looks at our humanities. He looks at our doubts. And he still does great things for us. What does God do when Sarah laughs and she doesn't admit to the fact that she's doubting the promise of God? God simply repeats his promise and he ends up with a question saying, is anything too hard for the Lord? I believe today, church, that God's word is reminding us that whatever issue you're facing in your life today, God's word is reminding someone that whatever trouble is looming in front of you today. God's word wants us to know again today that whatever situation you've got in your life that seems to be an impossibility, don't give up yet because the Bible is letting us know that nothing is too hard for our God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you grateful for that word today? God, help us to trust and believe and act on the word that you've given us. There's no promise that's too hard for God to keep. There's no problem that's too hard for God to solve. There's no person that's too hard for God to save. There's no prayer that's too hard for God to answer. And there's no dead situation that's too hard for God to revive. You know, the Bible is full of promises. I didn't go and 
figure this one out and make sure that it's true. But as I was studying this week, the Bible, basically they say there's over 30,000 promises in God's word. Someone say 30,000. That's a lot of promises. There, there, there's some great promises that God's given us. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Are you thankful for the great promises? Are you thankful for the precious promises that we get to hold on to in God's word? God has given them to who? Given unto us. So many great and precious promises. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 says, For all, someone say all, all the promises of God are in him, yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Every promise that he made is a yes. Every promise that's in his word, he's going to fulfill it. It's not going to be left undone. He fulfills, he keeps his promises. Numbers 23 and 19 says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not a human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Question. Has he ever promised and not carried it through? He keeps his promises. He doesn't lie. He, he doesn't change his mind. He's going to come through on his promises. God keeps his word. There's no promise too hard for God to fulfill. Now, I, I, I've got a lot of Bible stories that I thought of this week. God made some pretty great promises. He made some difficult promises. And every single one of them he kept. I was thinking back to the children of Israel. They, they were surrounding the, the, the city of Jericho. It was a walled city. And, and, and the promise to Rahab was because you, you kept the spies and because you protected them and because you reached out to us and believed in the God that we're serving. When we march around the wall, the walls are going to all fall down, but the wall that is protecting your house. Now that's a hard promise. We're, we're going to have the walls come down on the entire city, but that one house, that, that one house on the wall, if you can just get your family inside that house, God says, I'm going to protect. Now, that's a hard promise. But if you go to the word of God in Joshua chapter 6, you can see that God kept his promise. Another one was there was going to be a famine in, in Kings. And the prophet Elijah was going to be kept by God. And God had him go to the brook. And he said, I'm going to protect you, and I'm going to keep you, and I'm going to have the ravens come, and the ravens are going to feed you. Excuse me, God? The ravens? He goes to the brook, and famine comes to the land, and, and he's there all by himself by the brook. And the Bible says that God kept his promise. Every single day, the ravens would bring him bread, the ravens would bring him meat, and the prophet was sustained because God keeps his hard promises. And the promise that is applicable to all of us. We're, we're grateful for this one. God says that I'm going I'm to come into the earth. I'm going to become a man. I'm going to become a baby in Bethlehem's manger. There's going to be a virgin. 
Excuse me? A virgin is going to conceive. It's going to have a son. You're going to call him Jesus. He's going to be the savior of the world. Now that's a hard promise. Talk about making a promise that's difficult. I want to tell someone today that God is good on keeping his hard promises. We must stand on the promises of God. We must pray the promises of God. We must declare the promises of God. And some of you need to start expecting the promises of God to come to pass. Hallelujah. Nothing is too hard for God. There's no promise in his word that he can't keep. Some of you today, you need to think about what you're needing from God. You need to hold on to a promise. You need to find a promise if it's a healing in your body. We've talked about it early in the service. By his stripes, we are healed. Claim that. Declare that. Proclaim that. There's no problem. No problem. Not a problem on this planet that's too hard for God to solve. You know, sometimes we think that our problem is the biggest one. My situation's bigger than yours. And we, we, we tend to ne neglect the fact that God is the almighty God. We, we, we tend to forget sometimes, Sister Ruth, that God is the one who is the almighty God. He's all-powerful. He can do anything. He's a miracle worker. He's the promise keeper. Whatever you're needing today, he is the God that's able to do it. His word is full of so many great examples of how God can, can come through when there's a big problem. Children of Israel, they finally get out from under their bondage in Egypt. And there's this big company of people and they're leaving Egypt. And, and they barely get gone. And, and the Pharaoh decides, I'm going after those guys. We just lost all of our slave labor. They're gone. Let's go after them. And so here we have the children of Israel. They're coming down. They're getting close to the sea. And they look behind them and Pharaoh and his chariots and, and his horsemen are coming after the children of Israel. The Bible says that there were mountains on both sides. Pharaoh's army was behind them. The sea was in front of them. We're talking about a problem. There's nowhere to go. We can't go back. We can't go right. We can't go left. We can't go forward. So they thought. But it doesn't matter how big the problem is with God. Because there's no problem that's too big for God to solve. It doesn't matter that there's a sea there. That if you walk into the sea, many of them are going to drown. No, God says, I can fix this problem. I am the God that nothing is too hard for me. And we know the story in Exodus chapter 14 that God opens up the sea and brings them through on dry land. It wasn't muddy and, and you know, underfoot. It was dry land. God is a God that there's no problem for him that's too big to solve. Three Hebrew children. They were taken off into Babylonian captivity. They were there and they had this image. The, 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 the Nebuchadnezzar had this image that he erected. He said, everybody's got to bow down and got to worship this golden image. Well, these guys believed in the true God. They're not going to worship anything else but the one true God. And they knew that the consequences of this was going to be going into the fiery furnace. 
So here they are. The sound of the trumpets went, and they, everybody's bowing down, but you got these three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They did not bow. So they, they capture these guys and take them and throw them into this fiery furnace. Talk about a problem. Talk about a situation where you need God to show up. Talk about an impossibility in your future. As they're, as they're being walked to this fiery furnace, can you imagine what was going through their minds? But I want to remind us today that it doesn't matter how big the problem might be. It doesn't matter the size of your problem. We have a God that's bigger than our problem. We have a God that has the ability to walk with us through the fiery trial that is to try us and bring us out. The Bible says that there was a fourth man in the fire like the Son of God. God's able to walk with you when you go through the fire, but he will bring you out on the other side. There's all kinds of examples. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den because he prayed to God. Talk about a problem. I don't know how long it took for him to get from the mouth of that den to the, to the floor of that den, but I'm sure there were some prayers going up knowing that what, what these lions do to everybody else is not a pretty thing. But it doesn't matter when you have a God that is the God that's able to do anything. The God is able to shut the mouths of the lions. And that's what God did for Daniel. He's able to do the impossibility. He's able to do the impossible thing that you're needing him to do. I want to encourage you today. Hold on to the word of God. There's example after example in his word that God does impossible things. Hallelujah. Lazarus was sick. Mary and Martha call for Jesus to come because Jesus is healing people. But Jesus doesn't show up when they want him to. And Lazarus, who is sick, dies. Talk about an end, a finality, like, like a conclusion of the story. Lazarus is dead. Lazarus is in the tomb. There's no chance of anything happening. It's over. It's done. Brother Andrew, how many people that die on your, in your business, how many of them have a chance after they're done? None. There's no chance. They breathe their last breath and it's over. You might think that your situation is done. You might think that your situation is over. You might think there's no hope in your situation. You might think that there's no way that God can show up now. That's what Mary and Martha thought. There's no way that God can do anything now because it's such a big problem. Lazarus is dead. He's been in the tomb. He's been dead. He stinks. But I want to tell you today, it doesn't matter how dead the situation may be. There's no dead situation that God cannot revive. God can turn it around. God can turn it upside down. God can perform a miracle. Doesn't matter what it might be. There's no problem too big for God to solve. Hallelujah. You say, but they're all Bible stories. That's just, you know, that's, that's, that's Old Testament and that's Jesus' day. I don't know about you, but the Bible is true. Amen? The Bible tells me in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8 that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday Excuse me? God can do miracles yesterday. Today. God's the God of great things and solving problems yesterday and 
today? Do you believe that? Hallelujah. What he did for those back then, he can do for you. If he healed back then, he can heal you. If he revived back then, he can revive your dead situation. Too often we forget what God's done even in our lives. How many would be honest and say, Pastor Steve, God's done some great things in my life. God's answered some prayers in my life. God's done some miracles in my life. Too often we forget what God's done when we face the next trial. Hallelujah. There's no promise too hard for God to fulfill. There's no problem too hard for God to solve. There's no person too hard for God to save. Hallelujah. You know what? We, we, we look at people and we judge situations based on our human knowledge. Say, God will never save that person. I don't see how God will ever allow that person to make it into the kingdom. You might be here today and you might have family away from God. You may have a child, a loved one, a, an extended family member in your family. And you might look at the situation and say, it's just a little too hard for God to do anything with this one. We get like that sometimes. But the Bible lets us know in Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 17, that the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. Say that with me. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. Hallelujah. There's no person so far from God. There's no person that's got such a big amount of sin in their life that God can't bring salvation to them. Our God is mighty to save. I want you to, if you've got a family member right now, I want you to lift your hand. If they're away from God, I want you to lift your hand up and I want you to begin to pray over them right now. God, let me believe what your word says. God, let me believe the promises in your word. God, I pray for every one of my nephews, God. I pray for those that are away from God. I declare right now in the name of Jesus, we don't see how it's going to turn out. We don't see how it's going to turn around. But God, today your word is letting me know that you're mighty to save. You will save. God, you're going to turn it around in the name of Jesus. God, there's no situation. There's no person. There's no sin. There's no ungodliness. There's no degradation that's so difficult and so hard for you to save. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. I'm going to invite the music to come back here. I'm basically done. There's no prayer too hard for God to answer. So what's the answer to God's question to us today? What's the answer to God's question that he gave us two times in his word? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I pray today that there are people in this room and those under the sound of my voice those that are watching online, that, that you would understand that according to the word of God, there's nothing that God can't do. I, I know of situations in this room right now, not, not even those online, I'm talking about right now in this room. There's impossible situations sitting in this room. But I want to encourage you from the word of God. 
with the question that God asks. And it's a rhetorical question. It's not a question that really needs an answer. Because God's basically saying, there's nothing that's too hard for me to do. Hallelujah. Don't focus on the size of your problem. You know, that's, that's what David, he, 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 got, he got past the size of his problem. When he was facing that giant, Goliath, he wasn't focusing on the size of the giant. He was focusing on the size of his God. Too often we focus on the size of the problem. And we, we, we negate the fact that God is bigger than the problem. I'm going to invite you all to stand here right now. We're, we're, going to, we're going to conclude at this altar. We all can't come, but I believe there's some people, there's some families, there's some individuals, there's some situations that faith has arisen in your heart today. I'm wondering, I, just, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram. And on Facebook, just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review or even both and share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.